we, we're going to continue on in our uh, regular sermon series uh, this evening. Uh, but before we do, uh, Kim and I would like to take a couple moments of your time uh, and discuss something that is really exciting and really important to us. We were hoping to do this on Monday, but with classes canceled uh, and chapel was canceled, we weren't able to do this on Monday. So we're going to do a shortened, condensed version uh, of our time before Kim gets into the Word. Two chapels in one. Here we go. Who would have thought, right? Hey. Okay. So for those of you who are unaware, uh, in the month of May this last year, Kim and myself Nathan Johnston uh, and Lauren Tapley went on a bit of a tour around our province in, in BC. So there's there the four of us. That was us bright-eyed and bushy-tailed the first day, That's day right. one, right there uh, in the new suburban that we had. And we had this summit road trip. And so we had a great time. And the whole purpose of this road trip was a recruitment road trip. But we also wanted to connect with pastors. We wanted to connect with our students. We wanted to connect with our alumni. And then talk with students who would have been potential applicants to come mm -hmm. this year. So here's some of the photos that we went through. We began our time in West Kelowna at Emmanuel. Anybody from the Okanagan in here? Yeah. So that was a fun day. That was my home church I got to preach at, which was really exciting. We left Chilliwack really early that morning. We did. And and then was there for the service in West Kelowna Sunday morning. Uh, let's just kind of go through this. There's Caleb there and Megan uh, there in the center. There's some alumni and some of his youth. Let's just keep going. Yeah. There's the four oh. of us. We, we made it up north. We found a picture of a cow moose, cow whatever moose. that is. Uh, and who here is like up north, Caribou region? Come on, yes. Caribou region. Uh, we met some people and saw some people that you may know. Uh, there's Matthew Nielsen. Remember Matthew Nielsen? Yeah, Matthew an Nielsen. alumni of ours. Uh, and there's Kim and a pineapple. And a pineapple. Kim and a pineapple. That kid was so cool. That kid was hilarious. He had a garbage can as a pineapple. And we threw axes we when threw we were axes. there. We, yeah. that's what, that was the youth event. That Legitimate day. axes. Axe throwing. We just threw them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we also went to Williams Lake and hey! saw Austin. This is where Austin was about to pour a concoction of anything he could find in the kitchen through yeah. a sock into someone's mouth. That, that was that moment right Real there. Real gross. <laughs> sock broth, I think is what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Was that right? Hey, there's David Zimmer. Yeah, David Zimmer. <laughs> David Zimmer, and that's his brother. What's his brother's name again? Christian, Christian. yeah, yeah. We also saw some more family members, the Johnstons. This is uh, Kaylin and Haley's parents. All the way up in Fort St. John. Fort St. John, yeah. Fort St. John. And Kim got to do something cool. Yeah. I got to teach their kids, which was amazing. And look at their kids' center. That is a real taxidermy. That's like their Sunday school classroom. Ram. What the That heck? was amazing. It was amazing. Seriously. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so there was lots of driving uh, on this trip lot. and lots of singing. This was basically, go back, go back, go back. This was basically the entire trip. The three That's of them true. singing yes. and me putting up with the three of them singing. I did make them laugh at some point, it's so true. that's why I put the next photo up there. there I made is. them laugh. There it is. Made me happy. I made them yeah. laugh. I made them laugh, and then Lauren made us angry. Mm -hmm. Look at Kim and my face. That is an angry face. That's an angry face. So uh, on the trip, what we did is we did devotions. Yes. Uh, whenever every we were, day. Whenever we were on the road in the morning, we would always do devotions together. Always together, uh, and we would read it. And then Kim and I, our thing, if you ever go into our offices, you can see that there's, like, notes on our windows. And when we do our sermon preparation for the year. We're not there yet. Yeah, go back, go back. When uh, we do our sermon preparation for the year, uh, we write on our windows. So Kim brought markers so we could do it on the road trip. Uh, and so Kim wrote... You never know when inspiration is going to hit. It's true. So Kim wrote a scripture verse on the window, and then Lauren rudely erased it. And this was our face getting after her for She's erasing. She's like, well, can, we, can we erase this? No! Yeah. <laughs> and it was the Colossians verse, and we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. Uh, we uh, came down through Alberta. And then came uh, back into BC, but we stopped off at Lake yeah. Louise. We show the photo of Lake Louise. There it is. There's the four of us in Lake Louise. Aww. So I, I sent uh, Dave and Diane uh, that picture. Hey, That's we're at Lake Louise. Right now. Yeah. And like, you see Dave's response. Nice. And then Diane's like, paragraph <laughs> response. <laughs> Classic Demchucks right there. 
Okay, so we made it to the McFadden's in Castlegar. Yeah, Anybody Castle remember Gar. our um, spiritual emphasis speaker last year, James yes. and Maria? That's we got to spend room. some time at their place. Yeah. While we were there, we did a dinner party. And um, just a note, so whenever we would go somewhere, we would be staying in pastors' houses. Yes. Like, we were sleeping in their basement, and it was awesome. So we got like to we spend... slept in Austin's house when we were in we Williams did. Lake. We did. Because his dad's a pastor in Williams Lake. Yeah. So. But we stayed in pastor's homes. We did a dinner party. And then at the dinner party, this was in Castlegar, uh, we met Mary. Now you can... <laughs> there she is! Unfortunately, this is the only photo that I could find. So I kind of zoomed it in. Like, there she is. <laughs> Mary! That's all we got, Mary. I'm sorry. I wish I had another photo. But Mary was there. Yeah, look at Ben's face. Unimpressed. <laughs> Unimpressed with the Gerber daisies. Okay. Just keep going. Uh, Jonathan. Oh, is Jonathan here? Jonathan. Is he here tonight? There he is. Are you wearing the same outfit? No. Oh, you're not. No. It's close. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> we saw Jonathan for like maybe 15 minutes. Maybe 10. That was his work van for yeah. the summer. Jonathan drove around. All summer long in that work van. Yeah, glad you're yeah. back here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, we saw oh, Dawson. <laughs> so we went from all the way from the Kootenays to the island in one day. In one day. And, and we got there and legitimately Dawson hadn't even gone home yet from his Omega trip. Yeah. He went straight to youth that night. And, <laughs> and there's awesome. him with his dirty clothes from his <laughs> Omega trip. <laughs> and this is cool because this was a youth rally with about three or four different youth groups all coming together at North Doug Church in Victoria. It was, it was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. There's Lauren Tapley leading worship. There's a crew of our summit at Jessica's house. Here's a progression of a really awkward photo shoot. <laughs> and then finally onto the next slide, we get to the one on the, your oh, right as a nice photo there. We eventually got there. Okay, there's Nathan. Nathan preaching. I think that picture actually of him preaching is in North Doug. It is. That yeah. photo of us uh, with cheesies on our faces is in Nanaimo. Nanaimo. At Generations yeah. Church. Nanaimo. <laughs> Presented. Did you did you recognize that exit sign and door there, Peter? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. That was very stingy, by the way. Yeah. Very stingy. Oh, we got to see Hannah yes. in Nanaimo as well. And her family. That's yes. also in Nanaimo. We had dinner with them, awesome. which is great. Next one. Hey, there's Grace. There's Grace. Yeah, where's she? Where are you? We saw Holmquist's in Parksville at another yes. dinner party. Yes. Which is awesome. Okay, we're getting near the end here. There's a big crew of us. Glad tidings, Victoria. There I think Chuck, Chuck's here right now. Where are you? There he is, Chuck. Hey, welcome there back, are. buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and then there's a couple photos of people that uh, mean a lot to us yes. uh, that we want to talk specifically about. So uh, that is Matt Schultz beside Kim on the photo on the right. Uh, and then that is Michelle Allen with Kim on the photo on the left. Yes. And then in the next photo uh, is a guy by the name of Evan. Evan, Evan, Evan Fletcher. Fletcher. From uh, Kimberly. From Kimberly. He's yeah. some pastors that we met. But that scripture verse that Dave preached on a couple weeks ago and the scripture verse that Lauren uh, erased off our window, but we made sure <laughs> she put it back on our window, was Colossians uh, chapter one. Mm -hmm. And like Kim said, we would, um, we would do devotions every day. We would get into the, into the suburban and we would just, we would drive and then we would read. Yeah. And it was awesome. We would go through entire books yeah. uh, in one sitting together and then we would talk about it and then we would pray together. Mm -hmm. And there were some really special moments uh, on our trip. It was really awesome. And this yeah. passage out of Colossians, um, it hit all of us mm -hmm. actually quite hard. Mm -hmm. And we got quite emotional in it where, where Paul in this passage that Dave talked a couple weeks ago, talks about the fruit of their ministry, yeah. like being seen in their locations, in, in the regions which where they were at. 
And we were getting to live that out, or we were getting to drive and to see fruit of their ministry in the regions in which that they were serving. And so it was quite impactful to us. Yeah. So having this, this text that was just sort of landing really um, uh, tenderly in our hearts, um, that paired with us meeting these people like Evan, who we would spend time together with, whether that's in their living room over breakfast or at night over tea or with Evan, we were in Denny's having breakfast and these pastors would share their hearts with us, share um, some of their struggles over the last couple of years, share their hope for what's to come. And um, and it was just so, it was so special. It was so beautiful. It was so meaningful. And every time that we met somebody new, we just felt like our students need to meet these people. Yeah, how do we get our students how here? How do we get our students here? Because we were having such this beautiful, rich experience meeting these people. Summit needs to meet these people. And um, and we had this moment with, with um, Evan and like, it was so wonderful. He was just so gracious, sharing his heart and sharing about his life. Like the good and, and the bad. And the good and the bad. Like it was such an honest conversation of a pastor. And, um, and I was so encouraged. And yet at the end of our time, we said goodbye. We hugged, we prayed, we took a picture. Um, and then we wept and then we in wept. Denny's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just moved, just incredibly moved by the faith of these pastors. And so um, that just sort of lingered for quite a while and eventually came up the idea of, actually, we don't need to go to them, maybe we can bring them here. And so we came up with the idea of pastors in residence. And so these pastors are coming here. So starting, I know! <laughs> I know! So starting on Monday, we have a pastor arriving. Now this pastor we actually didn't get to visit with on the road. And in fact, it's a bit of a special one because he's going to be speaking um, from his heart what it means to be pastoring his church, and he's pastoring um, the, the native church in Nanaimo. And so uh, that's going to be a bit special for our week of truth and reconciliation. Um, but then, so he and his wife and two kids are staying in the Holdcroft. They're going to be here. They're going to be here and spend time with you. So this is the point. We have pastors. We have Evan Fletcher um, coming. We have a bunch of different pastors coming. Those photos of Matt Schultz Ma yes. and Michelle, Michelle Allen. Allen. They'll be here. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there, we have pastors coming from the island, and we have pastors coming from the Yukon. From the Yukon. For you, so that they can share life with you, share stories with you, hear your life, pray for you. And um, yeah, just share those really special moments. And then they'll preach here on Monday at chapel. And then they'll spend some time living in the dorm and hanging out here at Summit. And uh, we're, we're really, really excited. And I believe that it's going to be really a really special time this semester. And so we have some student leaders who are designated hosts for when they're here to make sure that we're taking care of their needs. But can, can we encourage all of you um, to reach out to them while they're mm -hmm. here? Like sit down and, and have a meal with them. Yeah. Like it was a meal at Denny's mm -hmm. with Evan Fletcher that sparked this entire concept. We're yeah. like, we need our pastors and our students in the same room yeah. together, around a table together. Talking about life, mm -hmm. talking about the glory, the good times, and the suffering and the difficult times. Yeah. And so uh, have meals with them, find them in the hallway. If they're in the lounge, kind of looking awkward and not knowing what to do, like go play after cards them. with them. <laughs> yeah, play like, cards, have a coffee. Yeah. Um, don't like annoy them and be weird, please. But uh, <laughs> like, go after them. <laughs> and we truly believe that this experience could be. Um, like not just great for this semester, yeah. but great for your ministry, yeah. for your life, for your marriage. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you'll be working with some of them yeah. uh, when you finish your time here. And so the first one is this weekend. 
Mm-hmm. We've had six total in this semester that yeah. will be here. Uh, and some people that we absolutely love and are yeah. dear and close to our hearts. And we hope that by the end of their stay, they will be dear and close to your hearts as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's pastors and residents. Ah, awesome. Yeah, so we have asked them to share their stories uh, with us. Um, and that's something that has been on my heart and Gavin's heart is the importance of story. Um, God uses story. Jesus taught through story. Uh, we are to be uh, spurred on by uh, by our story. And so we've asked them to share their story. Uh, but then um, we also want to highlight story um, from you guys. And so there are, uh, for the next few weeks in chapel, we're actually inviting um, some people to share their story. And, uh, and so tonight, Brianna is going to share a little bit of a, her story, and um, we're excited about that. Not just yet. Uh, I'll call you up. <laughs> I didn't actually tell her when, so keep you on your toes. Um, but we, but I'm excited to be able to share story. And can I encourage us to not keep story in this building, but to share our stories, to share the story of God um, in our life, our God moving in our life regularly. Share our stories together. Um, There we go. Romans chapter 8 is where we are. Now, um, I went through a bit of a phase, and maybe you're there, perhaps not. Um, I went through a bit of a phase where I would always, whenever I would go home to visit my parents, I would always tell them the things that they needed. Um, and I would say to my mom, you know, mom, you know what we need is we need some new throw cushions. And then, and then I'd throw around my opinions elsewhere. And then I'd say, you know what? We need to get a new, um, like valance for the window. Cause this is ugly. And, and I'd throw my opinions around. Do you know what a valance is? Does anybody know what a valance is? All right. We got three people in the room who knows what a valance is. Okay, a valance is like something that like hangs over the top of your window and frames the window. It's like a curtain, but you remember, do you remember the like the baby curtains that are just at the top of the window? That's a valance. Yeah. That's a valence. And so I would say to my mom, mom, we need a new valence. This one is ugly. Or mom, we need a new shower curtain. Or mom, we need, a, we need to new paint the bathroom. Or mom, we need, and there would be a moment where then she would just say, yeah, well, we need a lot of things. And that like just shut me down and brought me right back to reality. She still does that to me. Do you, have you noticed that there are those like reality anchoring words? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Uh, any, any ideas? Reality anchoring words. Oh, now I put you on the spot. You know what I'm talking about. Let me offer you some suggestions. Okay, so what's Val? balance. Um, So oftentimes when somebody is maybe going off, it's living outside of reality, someone might say, well, and then that brings you down, right? You know what I'm talking about? Or perhaps, you know, they're, again, they're going off and you say, okay, and then you continue on, right? Like there is something about those words or see, and then, but there's something about the like, hangingness of that word, right? It's almost like it's a valance over the moment. (laughs) We have these like anchoring, it's a reality check word, right? Reality anchor. Well, Paul has a bit of a reality anchor word for us in our text today. So let's read it. So now, there's our reality anchor. So now, there is no condemnation. This is chapter 8, verse 1. So now, 
There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never obeys God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Therefore, anchoring word, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Lord, we thank you for this rich word. Would you speak to our spirits? Teach us, convict us, challenge us. I pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. So now, now, Paul brings us back to the true nature of something. He's bringing us back and giving us a bit of a reality check. Where the sin of Adam brought death, and the, but the sacrifice of Jesus brought life. That's where he, we've been talking about. We've been talking, we did a little bit of in Romans 6 and 7. We took a bit of a detour, in fact, uh, and talked quite a bit about sin and the law and what it means to be a, um, a servant to, to, the, to sin or a servant to God or a slave to righteousness. And we took some time last week to deal with sin, right? We took some time here at this altar to deal with sin, and we left away free. In our text tonight, Paul returns back to this, the theme that he started with, which was new life in Christ. And he anchors us in reality. Now, he is affirming our reality. Now, you belong to Christ Jesus, he says. You have experienced freedom by the life-giving spirit. That's reality. You have life and peace. Being right with God is your reality. You are spirit-empowered. You have identity in God. This is your now reality. This is who we are. We talked about sin. We talked about sin for a bit. Still talking about sin but he anchors us and says, but this is who you are. This is our reality. And as he's talking about our reality, he provides for us some contrast. We're gonna do a little compare and contrast tonight. Anybody here, you do the, your compare and contrast when you're doing your book reports, yeah? Hmm. 
<laughs> that landed poorly. Okay, moving on. We're just going to contrast and take a look at the contrast that Paul is presenting to us. He shows us the contrast between sin and spirit. He talks about not being controlled by sin, but being controlled by the spirit. And he breaks it down. He says, if you're controlled by sin, then you're thinking of sinful things. If you're controlled by the spirit, then you're thinking of things that please the spirit. If you're controlled by sin, then you're hostile to God because hostility comes by sin. But if you're controlled by their spirit, then you have peace that comes from the spirit. If you are controlled by sin, you are experiencing death that comes by sin. If you're controlled by the Spirit, you, are, you have life that comes by the Spirit. We see these contrasting, um, these contrasting pictures that are present. But as he's making these contrasts, he's, we still have to remember his now his anchoring statement. What is our reality? The reality is verse nine that says, but you are not controlled by the sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you, and if you have Christ, you have the spirit of God living in you. So while he's presenting these contrasts, he is reminding us your reality is such that you don't live in this contrast, you are, you are controlled by the Spirit. This is who we are. We are people of the Spirit. We are followers of the Spirit, as verse 4 says. One commentator says that possessing the Spirit or having the Holy Spirit within us is the mark of being a New Covenant believer. And it's the Spirit's ministry, or the Spirit's ministry must be the basic, uh, must be basic to any description of what it means to be a Christian. The Holy Spirit is pivotal. This is who we are. We are people of the Spirit. This is who we are. And um, if that is the case, right? So let's just say, Paul, we believe you. We are people of the Spirit. The Spirit lives within us. Then why on earth do I keep on sinning? If I am not bound by sin, which we're not, because we talked about that last week, we're not bound by sin. If we're not bound by sin and we're no longer controlled by sin, but we have the Spirit of God within us who gives us life and freedom and peace and power like we see in this text, then why do we sin? Perhaps you're like me and I might ask the question, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why can't I be the Christian that never struggles with sin? Why can't that be my reality? That sin would never be a part of the picture. Why can't I be the Christian that I think I should be and that sin would never be around? Well, as we're exploring this idea of what it means to live by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, living in the Spirit, being people of the Spirit, perhaps it's helpful to take a look at whose Spirit it is that we have in our lives. Christ's. So let's take a look at Jesus for a moment. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, we see the story of Jesus' baptism. So Jesus goes to John and gets baptized in the Jordan River. We know this, yes, yes. Okay, so after his baptism, as Jesus came up from the water, Matthew 3 says that the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit descending like a dove and settled on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son, whom uh, brings me great joy. It is here in this moment that the Spirit descends on Jesus and that this moment acknowledges that Jesus is not just a man, He's not just a human, but he is in human form, Christ. 
He is the anointed one. He is the savior of the world in this moment. So then Jesus, it says in Luke chapter four, verse 11, that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, headed into the wilderness where he was in contact with temptation. So then the first time that the devil comes to him, to tempt him, the enemy or the devil says, if you are the son of God, then tell these stones to become the loaves of bread. So here the enemy is trying to get him where he, get him where it hurts, right? Like he's been fasting for 40 days, right? We know this. So let's get him where he hurts. Obviously he's hungry. Obviously. Turn these stones into bread. Obviously. But Jesus says no. People don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In contact with the possibility to sin, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. The second time that Jesus faced temptation, the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says that he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up um, with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So he's getting now to the point where he's like getting in this place of like, well, don't you want power? Don't you want to like have this? And he's talking about possessions and power. And, and again, he, Jesus is in this place of contact with the potential to sin, but he's in control. Control by the Holy Spirit. Christ's spirit is in control. And he says, no, right? He says, you must not test the Lord. And then the third time when Christ, the anointed one, who is being in contact, who is being tempted, the anointed one, tempted by the devil, took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he says, I'll give you it. I'll give it to you. I'll give it all to you. If you just kneel down and worship me, bless you. He's hitting up pride. Don't you want this? Don't you want this? And Jesus says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then Luke 4, 13 says this, when the devil finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity. Until the next opportunity. Then Matthew 4, 11 says that the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. The devil's sole role, sole goal for this interaction is to get as much contact with Jesus as possible to get him to fail. But he's full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. And so he didn't, right? We know this. He did. He is sinless. Never sinned. Full of the Holy Spirit. And yet in contact with the potential to sin. And the incredible thing, the... The ridiculous thing of Satan is that he's already, he's trying to offer the things that is already Jesus's reality. He's already trying to get what Jesus already has. So often we're not living in the reality of what scripture tells, that, tells us is ours. We have the same spirit. The enemy, just as he attempted to try to get the anointed one, Jesus is going to try to get in contact with you. To think that we will never have sin around us, that's a ridiculous thought. It's ridiculous. We are going to be in contact. The, question, the point is, there might be contact but there's not control. There's not control because we are in, what is in control is the spirit in our lives. So we might say, yeah, 
okay, so the spirit that is within Christ is within me. Jesus said no. He said no every time. But that's Jesus, right? Don't we say that to ourselves? Well, that's a really great example of what it means to be living in the spirit of God, to have the spirit of Christ, right? And that we are supposed to be like that. But like, he's Jesus. Who are we? Well, this is why it's important to share our story. Because the Holy Spirit is involved in our lives all the time. And we need to hear story about how the Holy Spirit is moving. That even though we are in a world with contact, we can have the Holy, we are, in, we are controlled by the Spirit. And we are spirit people. So I would like to invite Brianna to come up, share your story. Um, it's under a seat. She's just needing a microphone. So Brianna, share your, there you go. Share your story for us. I'll stay here. Uh, so this summer, I drove out to visit Kim at Brayside Camp in Ontario. <laughs> and it was, it was such a nice day. It was such a nice day. We went into Paris and went through the shops and then we got ice cream. I love ice cream. <laughs> and, um, and then we went back and we had a family barbecue. And I'm pretty tight with Kim's family, just saying. <laughs> so during this barbecue, they are like, you, got, you, you have to come to the evening service because it's not a full camp experience if you don't go to the service. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to the service. And it was great. The sermon was great. The worship was great. Everything was great. And then it was getting late and I wanted to go to bed. And then the pastor goes to the front and he invites all the pastors to go to the front. So Kim leaves and I'm just in the pew with her mom. Like, what is, what's, what's going on? And then they invite everybody who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to come to the front. And I just start panicking, like panicking. Because I had never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had never spoken in tongues before. And I had counted myself out of that experience. I had already been at Bible college for two years. So if it hadn't happened then, it probably wasn't going to happen. Yet here I am at this little Pentecostal Bible college, not college, camp. And there's an opportunity. So the pastor begins explaining the baptism and how the Holy Spirit isn't going to like possess your tongue and then you're going to start like speaking. And I was convinced that that was how it happened. I was convinced that if I closed my eyes and kept my jaw clenched shut, that God would just get me to start speaking. But you actually have to try. Like you actually have to open your mouth and try. So that was like really eye-opening to me. But I'm still freaking out in this pew. Like, I don't want to go up because what if it doesn't happen? Or what if it does? Then what? But have you ever felt a holy shove? <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to go up. But before long, like, my feet are moving. I'm going. And then I'm up and I'm praying. And then this guy comes over and he's praying with me. And he's explaining things to me. <laughs> He was like my father's age. It was not like that. <laughs> um, so he's praying with me, but nothing's happening. So I'm like, okay, all right, nothing's happening. But he's like, keep praying, keep leaning in. I'm like, okay, okay, I got this. So I'm praying, I'm leaning in, I'm still expectant. And then a woman comes over and she has her hands on my back and she's praying. And I'm like, I think, I think something's happening. I'm starting to feel something. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's anxiety. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, no, no, it's not anxiety. Like something's happening. And on the outside, I'm like, but on the inside, I'm like, God is doing something. I can feel it happening in my body. I can feel it happening in my spirit. I can feel something. I know something is happening. My eyes are closed and I'm still praying. And at some point I hear, this is it. It's time to try. So then I open my mouth and... It's not English. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't English. 
and then I see something, but my eyes are closed. And I'm like 99.9% sure that the man that I see is Jesus and he's reaching out his hand, urging me to take it. And I'm reaching, like physically I'm reaching, like in the vision I'm reaching, like I'm reaching. But I can't get it. Like I'm just not, I'm not close enough. I just can't grasp it. And then eventually I hear like Kim come over and then like she's praying over me and then this woman is still praying over me. And I'm still speaking. I don't know what. And I'm reaching. And they don't, they can't see what I can see. They don't feel what I feel, but they know that something is happening. And I have this moment where I finally get the hand of Jesus. My arms drop to my side. And I'm just overwhelmed with such peace. And I sit down and I'm trying to wrap my head around what just happened and chat with Kim a bit, but I wanted to process it on my own. So, you know, get in my car, drive home. It's 10 p.m. already. It's bedtime. So I'm driving home, but I got my worship music, like, on blast, and I'm screaming and worshiping because, like, my God just did something crazy. And then I get home, and then I can't sleep because I'm excited, but I wasn't mad about it because it was pretty cool. And I go to church the next day, and I'm talking with my friends, and I'm like, okay, you would not believe what happened. And I'm talking to my youth kids, and then I left church with a broken ankle. And the rest of my summer pretty much sucked. I don't know if you've ever tried to run a kid's camp in a full cast on crutches when you've never used crutches before, but it's not enjoyable. So I was, pretty, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. My mental health took a nosedive. And I was still sinning. I was doubting my calling. And I was in the position that I was starting to believe that that moment at camp didn't mean anything. Because if it meant something, I wouldn't feel the way that I felt. But just because I feel something, it doesn't make that true. My emotions change daily, sometimes more than that. But God remains the same. He met me in such an incredible way. And I know that he's going to meet me in more incredible ways as I journey in relationship with him. And sometimes it's going to feel like I'm all alone, but I'm not. And I think I was expecting being baptized in the Holy Spirit to just kind of fix everything, to just fix all my doubts, um, to be a completely different person. Um, Well, I'm not. But that doesn't take away what God did in my life. Um, And I'm not immune to setbacks. I don't know if you guys know this guy, Paul. But um, I would say that he had a pretty good relationship with God. But, like, his life wasn't great. He was in jail more than once. He was shipwrecked more than once. And I'm like, boo, my ankle. And as much as I'd like to say that this is the end of my story and I'm a perfect Christian now, don't even worry, that's not true. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not just a highlight. It's God progressively revealing himself to me as I journey towards a deeper relationship with him. And there won't be a point where I know that I've made it in my walk with God. And the Holy Spirit isn't a task. I can't cross it off my to-do list like, yep baptized, all done. But I can lean into moments where I feel the holy shove. So I want to encourage you to lean into those moments and to step out in faith at every opportunity. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Brianna. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is at move in our life. Like, we are spirit people. This is who we are. And he gives us, um, he gives us gifts, and he gives us vision, and he gives us grace. Because he is, he's the one that sets us right, right? He is the one that sets us right in the, in the eyes of God. And I just want to um, um, sort of frame 
where we're at, sort of talking about how we, we do need the Holy Spirit. He, he meets us where we, where we are. We are not perfect. And once we have the Holy Spirit, with, when we have the Holy Spirit, when we know Christ, we are not perfect, right? We are in contact with a world that is sinful. And yet we are called to live in him, follow him. Because we are weak at times. We need the Holy Spirit. There is a spiritual battle and we need the Holy Spirit. There's ministry for us to do. So we need the Holy Spirit. There is a life for us to live. So we need the Holy Spirit. And so I want to just do a little last compare. In Jesus' story, we see the compare thing. There we go. So we first see in Jesus' story, we see that the Holy Spirit descends on on him and God says that I am fully pleased with him. Romans 8 says that the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The same act of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life is on yours. Next, we have an identity in Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus at baptism, God says, this is my beloved son. Romans 8, 14 says that for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The identity of child of God that was declared on Jesus declared on us. We are children of God. Next, we are empowered. In G, uh, with Jesus' story, we see the Holy Spirit empowers and sustains Jesus when in the desert. For us, Romans 8, 11 says that the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you. You are empowered by Christ's Spirit. And lastly, we are freed from the control of sin. In Jesus' example, we see that being full of the Spirit, Jesus responded with Scripture, never falling under the control of sin. And for us, Romans 8, 1 says that power of the living, of life-giving Spirit has freed us from the power of sin and leads us into life. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that led him through the desert, empowered him to resist the enemy, that empowered him for restorative ministry is in you. I'm going to invite the band. This is who we are. Jesus gives us an example of who we are. We are to be like Jesus. This is who we are. So I'd, I... I believe that, um, well, I'm just, I'm challenged tonight to consider maybe three things. One, can I encourage you and challenge you to step into your reality? You are spirit people. We are people of the spirit. We are followers of the spirit, our text tells us. Often we feel like we are grasping. The reality is, is the Holy Spirit is within us. Perhaps tonight we need to step into reality, grab hold of our reality. Another thought, there is something about being, just being in the presence of God. Just being with the Spirit of God. Perhaps tonight we just need to be with the Spirit of God and let the Spirit speak to you, perhaps bring scripture to you, sing songs over you, bring healing to you, empower you. For some, perhaps you're, you hear Brianna's story and you're like, I get that. I thought I was out for the count too but your, her story encouraged you. Perhaps tonight is the night to ask again. Holy Spirit, empower me. And then I have a thought that has nothing to do with tonight. 
and it has a little bit to do with tonight. When Jesus was in the garden, yes, full of the Holy Spirit, he combated, the whole, he combated his temptation with the word of the Spirit, with the sword of the Spirit, with Scripture. To be, when, if we're desiring to have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have to sink ourselves into Scripture. ourselves into scripture. And so if you don't have a scripture plan, if you don't have a a plan for getting in the word of God, can I encourage you that before you walk out these doors tonight, get a plan. Figure out how you're going to get into the word of God and then tell somebody beside you or tell somebody in the room, don't leave here just thinking, oh, that's, you know, Kim talked, Brianna talked. Don't leave here just like that. Can I invite you to stand tonight? And for us to, um, perhaps, the best position that we could place ourselves in tonight is one of openness. So if you feel comfortable, would you even open up your hands with me? offer a prayer of Holy Spirit what do I need to do with what you are doing in my life right now what do I need to do with what you are doing in my life right now what do I need to do to live in the reality that I am a person of your spirit that means spending some time at the altar here if that's something if if um, uh, to receive the gift of the spirit um, in speaking in tongues if that's something that you desire can I encourage you to come to the front so that we can be praying with you but respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in your life right now how you can step into the reality of your life being a person of the Spirit.